Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 198, 13 ways to use an email list for your podcast. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. Do not stop the player yet, because I am going to be talking about email lists for your podcast, but this is something that can apply even if you're hosting just an, what we could call an amateur podcast, or you're taking podcasting seriously, but you're not trying to make money with your podcast. You're not trying to be an entrepreneur. You're not trying to be extremely successful. You're just doing this because you enjoy it. I'm going to share with you 13 ways that you can use an email list with your podcast. And guess what? And only the last three are things that you normally hear from an internet marketer for how you can make lots of money with your email list and stuff like that. That does belong in this list of how to use an email list, but I'm putting that at the very end because there are many other ways that you can use an email list for your podcast. Basically, in short, an email list is more direct and more actionable of a connection with your audience than your podcast is. If you're listening to this podcast right now while you're in the car, I can tell you, go to the audacitypodcast.com slash email list. And you might be trying to remember that. You might try to write it down. That's dangerous. You might try to have your phone record a voice memo to remind you to do it. And you have to get to that action later on to visit the show notes for this episode number 198. But you can't do it right there at that moment. This could also happen somewhere at work. Maybe you are on your computer, on your phone, whatever the case, you can't always take action on a link you hear in a podcast. But if you receive a link emailed to you, then it's more actionable. It's so easy to click on that link and do whatever that thing is that you need to do to sign up, to buy something, to check something out, to comment on something, to listen to something, watch something, whatever it is. So an email list is far more direct and far more actionable than even an audio or video podcast is. At least at the moment, that is. Someday, I think the technology will change in the future to make certain things more actionable in a podcast. I think Apple is already going that direction with the podcast app for iOS and how you can now tap on links inside of show notes in the podcast app. I think we're going to see that even grow even more. But an email will always be a very direct way because the email is being delivered into someone's personal inbox. They can postpone it. They can mark it as read. They can forward it. They can, yeah, they can delete it too. But here are 13 ways to use an email list with podcasting. And I've separated these 13 ways into several different groups, infrequent updates, automated information, extra content, interactions, and marketing. So these 13 ways, starting with number one, you can use your email list for communicating infrequent updates. This is really, I think, the biggest reason you should have an email list for your podcast, notifying your subscribers of that urgent stuff, the stuff that rarely comes up, but when it does come up, it's important enough for you to notify as many people as possible and as directly as possible. 
A couple examples are, number one, communicate urgent information. If your website goes down, like just today, there's a popular website that I follow of an author. And just today, I saw an email from them that said, basically, oops, we've been hacked. And they're letting me as a subscriber know that this main website is down. So if I try to get to the website, I won't be able to take normal actions as I want to. But it's a nice notification of that. That's urgent information. There have been other podcasters who have had similar issues where their website goes down or maybe your podcast feed breaks and you just can't figure out how to get out an announcement to your audience that your podcast feed is broken or something like that because you can't put out a podcast episode if your podcast feed is broken. So you can communicate directly then with your audience about this urgent information. Social network posts can work kind of. But not everyone thinks to look at your latest tweet or your latest Facebook post to see what the status is of something, especially considering that social network messages have a very, very short life. You really have to be looking at the social network almost right at the moment that that message shows up in order to see it or be those types that go back to see what previous messages were posted. Most people probably won't do that, but you send an email and especially put the most relevant, urgent information in the subject line of that email. It's more direct. It communicates that urgent information. That's number one. Number two, you can use your email list for announcing special things. If you have something big coming up and you want to let everyone know about it, an email list can be a great way to do that. This could be, in fact, the only thing that you use your email list for are these infrequent updates, communicating urgent information or announcing special things. But you could use then this email list to announce something like a new podcast that you're launching, some kind of special event you're going to or you think people should know about. It could be the podcast awards, for example, and so many other special things that you may want to announce. This would be the kind of thing that doesn't happen often, but when it happens, it's important enough to let your entire audience know about it. So that's number two, announce special things. Then moving away from infrequent updates into automated information, this is an easy way to stay connected with your email subscribers by setting up certain automated processes. And there are several different ways that you can do that. I'm going to share with you three ways that you could use your email list for delivering automated information. It does take a bit more time to set these things up, but then you don't have to spend a lot of time managing it. So this is then number three on the list of 13 ways to use an email list for your podcast. Automatically deliver new posts. This is really easy to set up in several mailing apps out there. And the top two mailing service providers I recommend are Aweber and MailChimp. And I do have affiliate links for those in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash email list. This tool will allow you to insert your RSS feed, pick your template, and then set up your schedule. And it's really as simple as that. Just those three basic steps. There might be actual additional steps in those processes, But it's that simple to create something that automatically sends whatever is new in your RSS feed to people on a certain schedule. You might do something where you have a weekly email and it displays all of the posts from that week. So maybe you have five posts per day. That would be 25 posts in a business week. But what your email subscribers receive is just a single post every week 
with all 25 of those posts inside of it. Or maybe you have it set up that they receive an email each day with the five latest items from your website. It depends on how frequently you publish content and how frequently you want to be in people's inboxes with information. This is very easy, but I would say it doesn't really provide all that much value to your podcast subscribers. But this is very valuable to blog subscribers. In the podcasting world, the way that people are most familiar with consuming a podcast is by subscribing to it through an item like iTunes or the podcast app, Stitcher, Instacast, Downcast, whatever cast, anything like that. That's very common in the podcasting world. RSS is the technology that powers that. RSS stands for Rich Site Summary, or as some people say, really simple syndication, but really means Rich Site Summary. That RSS is powering that, but people don't really care about that. They click subscribe to the podcast and they receive it through their podcast apps that they're mostly familiar with if they've listened to any other podcast ever. Subscribing to a blog is a little bit different. Because people may not be as familiar with a news reading application that's designed to subscribe to RSS feeds. What people are familiar with is visiting the website and reading that way or receiving emails. So RSS style emails make a lot of sense for a blog, maybe not quite as much sense for a podcast. In fact, I experimented with this for just a few weeks on the Audacity to Podcasts email list where I set it up so that subscribers would receive an, basically an RSS update of any time there was a new episode on my website. It would send that to them with the preview text, a link to download, all of that stuff. And it wasn't really giving as much value to them, and I lost a bunch of subscribers because of that. Several of these subscribers were gracious enough to leave a comment when they unsubscribed, and most of those comments essentially said the same thing. That was, I'm already subscribed to the podcast, so I don't need each new episode emailed to me. That was the light bulb for me. That answered the question. That helped me solve what I was trying to figure out with my little experiment. And that is, in my case, and much of it is because I didn't set up a particular expectation, but in my case, the automatic RSS feed through email was not the best choice. But this can be great for a blog. This can also be the way that you just simply maintain a consistent connection with your audience. Just make sure that you set up the proper expectations when people sign up for your list or when you learn how to use your email list software better like AWeber or MailChimp, you may figure out how to add an extra checkbox where you could say, notify me of every new post. And when they checkmark that, that puts them in a special segment or group of your list and only that group receives your regular RSS emails and the rest of your list receives whatever other emails that you want to send out. That's number three, automatically deliver new posts. Number four under automated information here is preview upcoming content. You could send teasers or some kind of previews before you release a particular blog post or an episode. This can create some anticipation for your content and also even start inspiring some discussion that might help you improve the content that you're about to present depending on your schedule of editing and producing and recording that content. If you have any kind of content schedule already in place, then you could set all of these emails to go out on a certain schedule. You write them all month or months in advance. 
You've scheduled them all out because you know what you're going to be talking about on those days. And then this does become automated because you've now scheduled all of these emails to go out a month or months in advance and your subscribers then receive those messages on those specific days no matter when they subscribed this is not an autoresponder sequence i'll mention that in a moment this is pre-scheduled content that goes out on specific dates so if someone isn't subscribed to your list when that email goes out then they won't receive that email The next thing is number five, drip a mini series, or these are also known as autoresponders. This is where someone receives a message or a sequence of messages automatically after they've taken some kind of action. That action could be that they simply subscribe to your list. Maybe it's that they clicked on a particular link. Maybe it's they purchased a product. Maybe they signed up for an extra bonus as a segment of your list, anything like that. So you could use this for a welcome message when someone joins your list, a single message that goes out and says, hey, thanks for joining. I'd like to ask you this particular question or anything like that. It could also be the download link for some kind of bonus that you're offering. Like right now, when you sign up for the Audacity to Podcast, I might tweak this in the future, but if you sign up for the Audacity to Podcast email list, you get a welcome email that gives you a free download of my podcast pre-flight checklist that tells you everything you need to do before you record a podcast episode. You could also use this when someone opts into a particular subgroup and then send out a series of emails regardless of when they join the list. Autoresponders by name can seem a little bit confusing because it sounds like you're automatically getting a response to something that you send. And it reminds me of the early days of public email systems and the internet where you could send an email to a particular bot address and then you'd receive a reply back with information like you could get encyclopedia entries dictionary definitions other crazy things i was there in the early days with my juno account and emailing some of this information because i didn't have access to the internet the world wide web that is when i first got an email address with juno if you remember those old days But this was a way that I could find that information by emailing these things. That's not what an autoresponder is. An autoresponder is an automated message that goes out in some kind of sequence based on some kind of action. I use an autoresponder sequence for my email series called How to Get More Podcast Reviews when you sign up for the email list over at mypodcastreviews.com. It sends out seven emails, each one, and it's currently seven. Someday in the future, I may upgrade that to be eight emails or nine or 10 if I figure out extra tips for that. But right now it sends seven different emails spread out over a couple weeks, and each one goes out based on when the person subscribed. So if Adam, Brad, and Charlie subscribe on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, respectively. Adam receives his first email on Monday, then his second email on Tuesday, then his third email on Wednesday, and that would be with a daily email schedule. But Brad subscribed on Tuesday, so he receives email number one on Tuesday, email number two on Wednesday, email number three on Thursday. And then Charlie subscribed on Wednesday, so he receives email number one on Wednesday, and so on. That's the benefit of an autoresponder, is that it's this automated sequence of emails that go out based on when someone subscribed. And you can use this for so many different purposes that it's not just limited to 
a mini series like this. You could use this for all kinds of things. Brian from ProfitCast, and I'm really honored to be a guest on ProfitCast this week. You can check out that episode at ProfitCastUniverse.com, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. But he has a little mini series that he does called Seven Habits of Highly Profitable Podcasters, and it sends out an email every day for a week with that autoresponder sequence. Or Eric Fisher, host of Beyond the To-Do List, has a couple ebooks available. And inside of that ebook, there's a link where you go to get the free audiobook. When you sign up at that link, it puts you on Eric's email list and it marks you as a customer, a reader of that particular book. And then there's a single email that goes out as an autoresponder to that subscriber that sends them the download link for the free audiobook version of the book that they already purchased. There are many other uses you can have for this, and it doesn't have to be immediately when they sign up. It could be a month after they sign up. Like one of the things I've thought about doing is with how I've changed my email signup forms, they used to be you enter your email address and then you're presented with a bunch of other checkboxes for are you interested in this and this and that and that, that, that. And it would be a way that people could end up subscribing to my other lists. For example, if back a few months ago, if you were to go to the Audacity to Podcast, enter your name and email, it would ask you, are you also interested in Once Upon a Time, Resurrection, Productivity, that kind of stuff. And if you checkmarked one of those, it would subscribe you to that podcast email list as well. I don't do it that way anymore because I wanted to simplify the email list and I'll be having a free webinar on November 18th that talks about powerful tools for building your list for podcasting. I highly recommend that you sign up for that. I have the link in the show notes for that, a very prominent button for advanced list building for podcasters over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash email list. I'd love for you to be part of that free webinar and it will cover some of these tools that have helped me double, yes, literally double my email list in about three months because of how much simpler these tools are, how much easier it is for me to create an email subscription box and provide certain value and benefits to my subscribers. I'm really excited about that webinar. I am co-hosting it with Tim Page from Conversion Cast, and it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of great content coming out there that Tim will share in that webinar. So sign up for that over at theaudacitypodcast.com slash email list. And yes, that's joining the email list too. So with this autoresponder thing, what I could do instead of bombarding people with all of these options of do you want this, 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 and this when they sign up, I can schedule an autoresponder that says one month, maybe two months after they sign up when I know that they're engaged, they're staying on the list. That could be a great moment to send them an email a month or two later to say, I'm really glad that you're reading these emails. By the way, here are a couple other podcasts that I produce, and you can sign up for your email list by clicking on any of these links. I think that's much better than presenting all of these options up front. It's kind of like upselling, except I'm not actually selling anything. It's finding those people who stay on the list, who are being engaged, and then automatically sending them an email that says, here's more content that we produce that you might like. So these are autoresponders. That's what AWeber calls them. MailChimp also offers them, but MailChimp calls them automation workflows. And I think MailChimp does a fantastic job 
with how the interface is designed for you to set this kind of information up. Aweber does a great job too. Pick the one that works for you. I've chosen to use MailChimp for all of our email newsletters, and I'm very happy with MailChimp. I use them for my podcast reviews, for the Audacity podcast, for my personal blog, for everything I do that's email list related, it's going through MailChimp. But Aweber could be a great service too. I've got affiliate links to both if you're interested in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash email list. So this is number five, drip a mini series. And the reason we call it drip is because you're feeding that content out just like you could drip a premium podcast feed out where people get an episode based on when they subscribed, you can do the same thing with emails, and that's typically called an autoresponder sequence. That's number five. I really like providing exclusive content to my email list, to the Audacity to Podcast. So when you subscribe, you're getting bonus content. You're getting exclusive information. Sometimes you're getting a preview. Sometimes I'm asking questions. And when you start a list for your podcast, you could employ one or all of these techniques that I'm sharing with you. I really enjoy my email list because I've taken this approach to give extra value. I often send emails that are personal, that are behind the scenes, that are giving extra content. And there are many times that I really look forward to sending that next email. And I'm very tempted to send an email on a particular day that's an off day for my email just because I'm so excited to share something that's on my mind at that moment. But I schedule it out unless it's something time sensitive and I'll get to more of that in just a moment. So here are a few ways that you can share extra content to your email list. Number six, go behind the scenes. Maybe there's a story behind your latest episode of your podcast. Maybe you have to apologize for it being late. Maybe there was some kind of complication. Maybe there was something really cool. Maybe some bloopers or some kind of unedited version of your podcast or anything like that. This is a way to give extra content to your audience by giving them kind of an insider's look into what's going on or letting them know a little bit more how you do things. That could be a great way to provide extra content. It could be that after you stopped the recording, you had a conversation with someone and you happened to ask them a question, your guest for your podcast, and they gave you some really valuable information. And you're thinking, oh man, I wish I was still recording because that would have been great in the podcast. Send that out to your email list and tell them, here's this episode. We didn't record this, but here's what my guest also said about this particular subject. Great value there for your audience. That's number six, go behind the scenes. Number seven, and this is my favorite way to use my email list, is share extra content. You could share tips, tricks, or any kind of bonus information, really. I really enjoy going in-depth with certain things. Like recently, I did a sequence of emails in September where I shared podcast search engine optimization techniques, and I was very in-depth with that, a lot more in-depth than I expected I would be. But you don't have to write really long emails. In fact, maybe keeping things short and simple would be better. This could be a short list of tips. In fact, how hard would it be for you to sit down and come up with 50 short, simple tips that fit in with your niche? If you come up with 50, well, right there, you have nearly a year's worth of bonus content that you can provide to your email list. You could even set that list of 50 items up as an autoresponder sequence 
so that no matter when someone subscribed to your list, they would receive all 50 of those tips over the next year. Yeah, an autoresponder sequence can last a year. It can last several years. It's just how often do you want to send those emails? How far out do you want to schedule that? You could also give bonus content by repurposing blog post or podcast episode content that you've maybe already shared. You make it more succinct, you update it, anything like that. Or you could share something like an exclusive video, an insider tip, or it could be your early thoughts on something that you're about to cover to say, hey, I'm researching this particular item and here's some of the things I'm thinking about and finding and I want to share this information with you. Really, you could share anything that complements the content you are already creating. I've heard people talk about the trifecta of growing your audience, and that is blog posts, podcast episodes, and YouTube videos. I would say it's really the four corners of quality content creation, and that fourth corner would be your email list. And it really depends on how you use your email list. If your email list is just syndicating the stuff you're already publishing on those other platforms, then it's not one of those corners. But if your email list is giving extra content, like I do with the Audacity Podcast, then that can be an extra way for you to connect with your audience and grow your audience by providing extra value with that extra content that complements what you're already creating on the public side. That's number seven, share extra content. Number eight, get personal. Podcasting is already quite personal, but emails can be even more personal than that. Because if you set up your email list to take subscribers' names, at least their first name, then you can address your emails directly to the subscribers. I don't recommend putting their name in the subject line. That's a common thing of spam emails and a lot of unsolicited emails, so I don't recommend you put it there. But you could put it inside the email, and it's so much more personal to say, hi, John, instead of just saying hi, or hi, listener, or something like that. That's really generic. It's not personal. But you can even take this a bit further with these merge tags that your email subscription software might provide for you. So you can use their name in other parts of the email. Like maybe near the end, you say, thank you, John, for subscribing. Or maybe say, I don't know about you, John, but I really think this thing. It makes it a lot more personal, even though it is, yes, an automated system. But besides just the way that you use their name in an email with the information that you gather. And you could apply this to anything else too. Like ultimately, I want all of my email subscribers to have the name of their podcast in my database as well. So maybe someday I could say, John, I think this would be great if you use this tip in the most amazing podcast ever. And that's the name of his actual show. But beyond this kind of stuff, you can also get personal in what you share in your email list. Because this is a direct message to your subscribers. It's not something you're broadcasting out to the world that's publicly available. It is a little bit more private than that. And I enjoy this with my email list. I was recently very transparent to my subscribers where I really struggled on a day with some depression, being an entrepreneur and things just Nothing seemed to go right for me on this particular day. And I shared that with my email list. I was transparent. I was honest. But also, I turned that into some encouragement to challenge my subscribers and make that motivational for them, help them to see that 
I'm human too, just as human as you are. And even though I wasn't asking for it, several people replied to the email and gave very, very kind, encouraging words, some great motivation, some sympathy, some challenges. It was really good, very helpful. Even though I didn't ask for that, I received it anyway. And several people even just said, wow, thanks for sharing. I'm I'm in that same place right now, and this was really inspiring me. Or thank you for sharing this. It's nice to see people be honest like this about things. So you can get personal like that with your email list. I've also shared personal things like struggles I've been working through, such as a negative review or a technical problem or frustration with some podcasting tools. That's some ways that you can get personal with your audience. And there are many other ways that you can do this, but you are still providing extra content. That's number eight, get personal. Then moving on from providing extra content, you can use your email list to engage or build interactions with your audience. The two implementations of this would be either pointing them to a public place where they can comment and see comments that everyone else leaves, or by setting up your email service so that the send from address and the reply to address is an actual email address you check. Please avoid the whole no reply at please never email me.com. That just says, I don't care. Do not email me. If you're using something like no reply or invalid mailbox or anything like that, please don't use that. Let people reply to your emails. So here are a couple ways that you can build interactions with your email list. Tip number nine on this list of 13 ways to use an email list with your podcast. Ask for feedback. Are you trying to get more ideas for your content or maybe struggling to figure something out? Maybe it's you want some more perspectives or more opinions on this particular item. This could be a great thing to send out to your subscribers and ask them for their feedback. I've seen some incredible responses from my own subscribers when I've asked questions like, what do you want me to ask John Lee Dumas, which is still something I am asking for that feedback. You've got about one more week from the publication of this episode before I'll cut off that deadline and record that interview with John Lee Dumas for my 200th episode. But I've also asked questions and gotten great answers to what do you do when you don't feel like podcasting? And I've also requested things like, what are your podcasting tips? I did that with episode 100 requested podcasting tips from my subscribers. And I've also requested sound samples for experimenting with things. Like I asked before, would you send me a recording of your voice? Say something like this into your microphone. Tell me more microphone and mixer you're using. And I want to use this as an audio sample in my podcast. I've done that before. And I got those examples. Actually, surprisingly quickly from my email list. In fact, one of these cases, I emailed on the day that I was going to record, I think three hours before I was going to record the Audacity to podcast. And within an hour of sending the email, I had, I think about 10 samples back with great information, great samples that I could use for that particular episode of the podcast to be able to demonstrate how to work with different volume levels, different voices, different microphones and such in some of the audio processing that I discussed back then. So this can be a great way to use your email list, and that is to ask for feedback. 
You could even make a delayed autoresponder that could be a month out or several months out that asks simple questions. Maybe once per month after someone has subscribed, they're receiving a new question from you, such as, what would you like me to cover in the podcast? Or where do you need help? What do you struggle with? What are you getting from the podcast? Why do you listen to the podcast? Or why do you watch the podcast? What are some of your favorite tools? These kinds of things you could set up to go out automatically. And then that way, because it's an autoresponder sequence, every month you may have a new set of emails from people giving you some great content ideas for your podcast. That's number nine, ask for feedback. Number 10, answer questions. When you're receiving this great feedback from your audience, this can be a great opportunity to give back to them and write an answer to that question and send that out to all of your email subscribers. Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl, does this very well with her weekly newsletter. It always starts with some quick answer to someone's grammar question there. I've even been in her email before. She said, Daniel L. from Cincinnati asked this question, but quite commonly she'll do something like that where someone asked her on Twitter, through email, a comment on her website, some question, and then she answers it very, very simply and in short form and makes that grammar principle more understandable. So this is number 10, answer questions. So far, I've shared with you 10 tips for how to use your email list with podcasting. And those 10 tips have been subdivided into infrequent updates, automated information, extra content, and interactions. The final three tips cover marketing. Yeah, you could make money with your email list. Who knew? Seriously, though, this is the thing that marketers are always saying, the money is in the list. And we hear this over and over and over. Start your email list, build your email list, build your list, 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 list. The money is in the list, 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 all of this stuff. And yes, some people will say the size of the list doesn't matter. It's how engaged it is. And that is absolutely true. Now, especially when it comes to making money from your list, you could have a million people on your list, but if only 10 people are opening it, then you're not going to make much money from that. You're going to spend a lot of money emailing a million people if so few people are actually taking action. So an engaged list is far more valuable than a big list. But yes, like everything else, the bigger the list, the bigger an engaged list is, the more potential you have. So yes, the money is in the list because when you are providing value with your email list, using all of these techniques that I've shared with you and many other things that you could try on your own, your audience will begin to know, like, and trust you so that when you have something to offer them, they will be grateful. They will feel like reciprocating. They might have been worked up with eagerness toward whatever that thing is that you want to offer. And you can use that as a potential opportunity to make money from your podcast through your email list. Because again, remember, an email is much more direct, much more private, much more actionable than a podcast. So if you have a product to launch, make sure that you're announcing it to your email list. So here are three tips for how to use your email list with marketing in this full list of 13 ways to use an email list with your podcast. Number 11, launch products. 
I've used my email list to launch products like my podcast reviews and social subscribe and follow icons, which was a long time ago that I launched that. And also, I'll be using my email list even more effectively for launching upcoming products like my podcasting SEO course and new products and services that I am currently producing that I think you'll really like and be excited about. If you're planning to launch any kind of product, even if you have a tiny list or no list whatsoever, I highly recommend that you read the book by Jeff Walker called Launch, an internet millionaire's secret formula to sell almost anything online, build a business you love, and live the life of your dreams. Or in short, launch. Yes, there's a lot of hype in that title, but it is a very good book. It is truly worth reading. I read this book and I really, really liked it. I blogged a review about it on my personal blog over at danieljlewis.net, but I've got a link to that in the show notes for this episode number 198 at com slash email list. And I really liked the book Launch. And it talks about this product launch formula. And that is basically you build your list by providing value so that people begin to know, like, and trust you. And then when you launch your product, you have built up this anticipation for the product and gotten people excited, given people some previews of what this product will be and what kind of problems the product will solve. And then when you launch the product or when you get ideas for what kind of product you could create based on the interaction and feedback you've received from your list, then your list will be more eager to purchase that product and then you'll be able to profit from that. So this is number 11, launch products. The email list is crucial to any kind of product launch. I am convinced of that now. And it's not just marketing hype. It is actual truth. Marketers use it because it works. It has worked for many, many years, 20 plus years, for as long as the internet has existed. Internet marketing with an email list has worked. And I think it will continue to work. There are other things that are starting to work pretty well too, like text messages sometimes, depending on the material, but everything ties back to an email list. So it's a great way to launch products and profit then from your podcast or your business because of your email list. That's number 11. Number 12, create sales. If you already have at least one product to sell, then your email list is a perfect way to create sales for that product. You could have a special offer like a promotion, a bonus, or some kind of coupon code that's exclusive to your list. Or you could just be announcing a timed sale like something for Thanksgiving shopping weekend or for Christmas, New Year's, your birthday, someone's birthday, or just any kind of random date out there. You want to have a special sale, announce that to your email list and you'll see people purchase it because they receive the email about it. Sometimes people will sign up for emails just looking for those special deals and they won't buy the product until they receive an email announcing that special sale. There are people like that. If you have several products and you don't want to put them all on sale, sometimes you could just highlight a particular product that for some reason is timely. For example, I used to work at a nonprofit organization that had several information products that tied in with many different current events and issues. And whenever one of these issues would come up in the news, we would highlight that product to our email list. And sometimes it would be with a sale. Sometimes it was just reminding people, hey, this item is in the news. We have this product that addresses this issue. So it became relevant to people. Those emails would always, always generate a sales spike 
on that item or whatever the items were in that email. I do know that I could send out any email advertising any product, any sale, and someone would buy it as a result of my email. I think my email list has reached that stage where it's large enough for that and engaged enough for that. I just need to remember with great power comes great responsibility. That's why I'm not recommending every single thing that comes out. Adela. By the way, I'll be talking about Adelo in my next episode of the Audacity podcast. A little preview there. A product launch doesn't need to be the only time that you tell your email list about a particular product. And it doesn't only have to be when something is relevant to current issues. Remember, not everyone was signed up for your email list when you launched that product. Maybe not everyone purchased that product. Maybe they didn't read that email when you announced the product if you only sent out one email. Whatever the case, you could still announce a product, announce a new feature, anything like that, months after the product has been released. Just highlighting something, maybe you are writing an email that mentions it kind of in a sideways way, not it's all about buy this product, buy this product, rah, 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 spend me, give me money. It doesn't have to be like that, and I would say it shouldn't be like that in most of your emails. There are the appropriate times, but those are very, very rare. There are cool ways that you can use tools like AWeber and MailChimp to create a customized segment of your emails and target certain emails to those people. For example, depending on what kind of e-commerce software you're using on your website, you might be able to have your mailing list learn what products people have purchased. So you could send an email out to only those people who purchased a particular product from you. Or you could send out an email to only those people who didn't buy that product from you. That way you're not telling people who already purchased your product to go purchase your product. Because they already have it. Why would they want to? And they might be thinking, what? I already have this. Why should I need to go buy this product? Why? I'm not, I'm not interested in this anymore. And then they click unsubscribe. So the more targeted you can be, the better. And AWeber and MailChimp do this completely differently, and there are different tools out there for email lists that have this kind of functionality built in. It all depends on the systems you're using for your email list, for your e-commerce, and all of that. But this is number 12. You can use your email list to create sales. And number 13, use your email list with your podcast for promoting affiliates or joint ventures. Even if you don't have any product of your own or a service of your own that you can sell, you could use your email list to promote specific affiliates or joint ventures to your list, things that you think are worthy of promotion and that are relevant to your list. Before you do this, make sure you check the terms of whatever company it is that you're about to promote, because some of them may say you may not use this in email marketing, or they may say how you can market it in email. Just make sure that you check those terms and understand them fully. Most sites don't say just outright, you may never use this in an email, but most of them will say pretty much, you can't use this in unsolicited email. Basically, I can't spam you with the link. That's what they're essentially saying. But if you have opted into my list and I'm sharing this information relevantly to you, then that's perfectly all right. 
There are several times in the past where I've promoted different products or services when they've gone on sale, and I've used an affiliate link to do so, like Studio Press Themes, which I totally believe in, and I still recommend Studio Press Themes. SpeakPipe recently had a Halloween sale. I recommended that on my email list. I've also recommended premium WordPress plugins or an ebook or an audiobook, different things like that that I have found value in, and I did truly believe that my audience would find value in those items as well, and it was worth it for them to check out. And I was excited to be able to tell them about a great deal on this thing that I would genuinely recommend, even if I wasn't earning money from it. I would probably still recommend these things. For your podcast, how you implement that could be very different, but with the Audacity podcast, it's easy. There are so many things I could recommend to my list. I don't all the time. I only recommend what's really worth bothering my list about or something I really want them to know about, something urgent. But with some of our other podcasts on Noodle Mix Network, like our Once Upon a Time podcast, Resurrection podcast, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, and Under the Dome podcast, all of these are about TV shows. So when each season of that TV show comes out on disc, that's a great opportunity to email all the subscribers and say, hey, we want to let you know the season is now available for pre-order or the season is now available for purchase. Please purchase through our link right here to support the podcast. This is highly relevant information and it gives your audience an opportunity to support what you're doing without their having to spend extra money. Chances are very high that they might have already been planning to purchase that product or that item, or they've been thinking about something like that. So when they purchase it, they're supporting you without sending you money directly. Depending on how large and really most importantly, how engaged your audience is for your email list, you could potentially make a lot of money by recommending someone else's product, but recommending it to your list. So don't throughout the idea of promoting affiliates or joint ventures to your own email list. That can be a huge opportunity to you. So these 13 ways that you can use an email list with podcasting are, number one, communicate urgent information. Number two, announce special things. Number three, automatically deliver new posts. Number four, preview upcoming content. Number five, drip a mini series, also known as autoresponders. Number six, go behind the scenes. Number seven, share extra content. Number eight, get personal. Number nine, ask for feedback. Number 10, answer questions. Number 11, launch products. Number 12, create sales. And number 13, promote affiliates or joint ventures. If you really want to know how to grow your email list, maybe you're really excited because you want to make money or you want to have a more personal connection with your audience. You want to make sure that you have a way to announce special events to your audience. Whatever your reason is, however it is that you want to use your email list, You probably want to grow it, and I'm excited to be partnering with Tim Page, host of ConversionCast, to host a live webinar on advanced rapid list building techniques for podcasters. This has actually worked for me. I have seen in the last three months about double my email list size because of how simple the tools are make it for creating better email opt-ins. And the things that I learned even about growing an email list from this were really valuable. So I really hope that you can make it to this event. It will be on Tuesday, November 18th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's GMT minus five or noon Pacific Standard Time. 
go to the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash email list and click on the button that mentions the advanced list building for podcasters webinar. I'd love to have you as part of that. Tim Page has a lot of energy. He presented at Podcast Movement and I heard a bunch of people say, wow, best session at Podcast Movement ever. It was right after I presented, so I wasn't able to see his session because I still had to take my stuff apart and a lot of people were asking me questions and such, but his presentation was amazing. The video is on the Podcast Movement website. He did a great job. He is very passionate about growing your list. I'm really excited about this free webinar where we will be talking about advanced list building techniques for podcasters. Sign up for that in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash email list and there will be a replay of that available even after the event so you can still go there and sign up for that i'll also be emailing my current subscribers to that but also if you click that button and sign up you will get the information immediately even if you miss that initial email with the announcement one other announcement for you is this is episode 198 i'm two episodes away from episode 200 in which i'll have john lee dumas on the podcast and we'll be talking about podcasting success, earning money from your podcast, growing a massive audience, interviews, what it takes, how much work it took him to grow to where he was. It will be an honest, open, transparent conversation and I really hope it will be an inspiring conversation too. I know there are a lot of haters on John Lee Dumas, people who are saying, oh, this idea is horrible. Why are people doing this? Why are there so many copycats? How did he get so successful? And all of this stuff. Yeah, I know there's a lot of that. And you might be feeling some of that. I know I felt some of that too, especially some of my competitiveness flares up sometimes thinking, what, how is he getting this attention? When in my selfish mind, I'm thinking I should be getting this attention on certain things. But he has worked so hard. And so I think he does deserve what he's received. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation where we can talk about what was the amount of work that it took to do this? What inspires him? How is he keeping up with all of this stuff? What is this enabling him to do? What is he doing with all of that money that he's earning from his podcast? So please email your questions for John Lee Dumas to feedback at theaudacitypodcast.com. That's also where you can send me your questions and thoughts for upcoming episodes of the Audacity to Podcast, or call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221, or go to the show notes at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash email list and send a voice message through the website on your computer or iOS device. I didn't receive any new podcast reviews for the Audacity to Podcast this week, but I would love it if you'd write some at theaudacitypodcast.com slash iTunes or theaudacitypodcast.com slash Stitcher. And Stitcher is now integrated into my podcast reviews. Please check that out. It's exclusive to premium members. That's over at mypodcastreviews.com. Please comment on the show notes to let me know how is it that you're using an email list for your podcast. I'd love to hear from you. And especially if you start employing some of these techniques and providing extra value, I want to hear how is that affecting you as the one sending these emails and how is your audience responding to this kind of stuff? I really enjoy my email list and you can sign up for that and also learn about the advanced list building workshop and webinar for podcasters at theaudacitypodcast.com slash email list. That's also where all the links are that I mentioned and everything else. 
Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the audacitypodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.